When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. The men's ashes are nearly here. Battle is due to commence between England and Australia, the world's oldest cricketing rivals, later this week at Edgbaston on June the 16th. England and Australia will be playing a five-match series in less than seven weeks. The Paddock and the Pavilion will be hosting their own three-match series with two Englishmen and one Australian over the next two days. Rick McCosker, Dennis Amis and Richard Ellison will be recalling their memories of the Ashes, as well as giving their thoughts on this much-anticipated test series. I also tested their memory with a quiz about their own Ashes career. In our second Memories of the Ashes series, I spoke to Dennis Amis, who played Ashes tests between 1968 and 1977. Dennis was the leading run scorer in Test cricket in 1974, but experienced some torrid times against Dennis Lilly and Jeff Thompson. Let's hear Dennis's Memories of the Ashes. Hello, Dennis. Thanks for joining me as part of our Memories of the Ashes series. Okay, Stephen. Pleasure. Looking forward to it, I think. <laughs> well, we'll find out, won't we? Uh, we are going to talk, look back at your Ashes career and look ahead to this summer's much-anticipated Ashes series. But I wanted to begin by asking you, if you can go back this far, of your first Ashes memory. First Ashes memory. I, I think that would be on television uh in the 50s and compton was playing and i think they won at the oval um and i've taken an interest in the series watched one or two test matches but the, the one that remains in my mind is the the, the compo knock where was it 53 or something like that yeah 53, uh, yeah yeah where he took england through and they won the uh, test and therefore they won the series i think so uh, that was my first memories and uh you know, thereafter, well, Dennis Compton was always my hero. and I was named after Dennis Compton, the Dennis part of it, except he's got one in, I've got two. But um, uh, he was always my hero. And uh, I batted with him once in one of those John Player matches. And I was so nervous with, with, with my, the great man um, and uh, an absolute genius. And he said, uh, young man, give me the strike. And I said, Mr. Compton, Mr. Compton, I'm trying to, I'm trying. He didn't run you out then? He didn't run me out. No, no. I managed somehow to get out, I think, instead of getting a single. And he went and uh, got the strike and uh, pummeled it all over the place. And he was well into, I would have thought he was into his I mean, 50s by then. So, um, yeah, he was just magic. And, uh, you know, having won that test match there, I, I, I just uh, um, love, love to watch him. You made your Ashes debut in 1968. But before that, had you been to watch an Ashes test? No, because um, 
Edgbaston had lost test matches, hadn't they, until later on in the in in the fifties, and uh, so I hadn't seen an, uh, an Ashes test match, but I had watched watched uh, Australia play Warwickshire on on quite a few of occasions. My father was a member, and uh, he had one of these uh, tickets in those days, a youth ticket, which which I used, and I went to Warwickshire to watch them, and I um, and I think maybe I was I was on the staff. Somebody got a big hundred there. Was it Dexter in in an Aussies match at Edgbaston when the test matches did start again? And Bob Barber whacked him for a, a massive hundred in the in the Warwickshire match, I think it was. Maybe, maybe I've got those wrong. It's it's such a long time ago. Um, but um, um, that that was my sort of you know first memories. But I, I remember Lindsay Hassett early in the fifties coming and skippering. The Aussies against Warwickshire. Warwickshire had the better of the game, and they had to bat out all day. And Lindsay Hassett got booed and shouted at. He got fifty six batting all day to stay because Eric Hollies was playing. You know, because he bowled Bradman out, and um, as you know, uh, in his last innings, um, and uh, he was getting wickets. It was turning a little bit, but they managed to to, to stave off defeat. Um, but yeah, I was with my father, and I, I was just enthralled in, in the Aussies. That uh, you know, they're a great enemy, and um, um, so I, I, you know, I put them, having watched them in those situations, I put them on a pedestal. Well, let's talk about 1968, um, June 68. How did you find out you were in the team in those days? Um, well, we had we had a meeting. Colin Cowdery was captain, and uh, I can remember the, the team meeting and. Uh, uh, Kipper did say to us that uh, you know we've got 15, 16 players here, and uh, I don't envisage using any more in in the series, right through the series, in the five test matches. So uh, you know, hopefully, you'll all be part of several test matches and, and, and do your best, and let's hope we can uh, we can beat them. Um, but I think in the end, they used thirty players, didn't they, in that series in '68? Thirty players in the series because uh, we were getting pummeled and uh, we we're under pressure. So they had to change the change the team. So, um, yeah, I only played one one test match, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, back. yeah. Well, we'll talk about that now. Um, it was your fifth fifth test match. Uh, was it different playing against the Aussies? You'd, you'd already played against West Indies, India, and Pakistan. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I, you know, having put the Aussies on a pedestal, I always felt extra pressure when we played because it's the old enemy, isn't it? It's the ones that you've got to do well against, you know, to show um, you you really are one of the best. And um, I've, I've, I've I probably put added pressure on myself. They pressurised me as well, uh, having got a naught in the first innings, a young player coming in, uh, and um, um, yeah, stopped me from getting a single in the in the second innings until until I played a, a, a very poor shot, trying to whack it through mid wicket when it was straight and missed it. Uh, off Ashley Mallet. He, he, you know, and I, I was a good player of spin bowling, and uh, um, I was I was really disappointed. But he's a, he was a good bowler. He kept the pressure on. For for, for I was I stayed there for a few overs without getting off the mark. The pressure was building and building and building, and I thought, oh, I've got to get off, got to get off, and uh, and he kept it on. He kept bowling beautifully. Yeah, you know, just varying his pace as he did. Yeah, uh, when we played that test match back at, back in Melbourne all those years ago, when I got ninety, we'll talk about that later. Did you expect to be dropped then after a pair, or in those days, is that what happened? Yeah, I mean, the, they used to use a lot of players in those days. It was 
tended to be the people in form and uh, obviously they thought that I wasn't in form and having got a pair, you know, they wanted me to get over it. So uh, I, I was left out. I must admit that uh, probably that was the uh, right decision because I wasn't in a great frame of mind. Uh, but you never know, do you? In the next test match, you might have been, uh, had a little bit of luck. And, well, you and, were playing uh, with, you've mentioned him already, you were playing with Colin Cowdery, who he played with again, but you're also playing in that test with Tom Graveney. Yeah. Uh, you always thought that those players were the were the greats of, of England, and I I watched them play for England before I became a professional, and uh, and obviously played against them when I when I uh, got into the Warwickshire first team. And you always thought that they were the great players, and how could we ever be as good as as good as those players? Uh, but of course, you know, at some stage they retired, and then people like myself and Keith Fletcher, it was it was down to us a little bit them to keep it going. Well, England lost that test match by 159 runs, but your next Ashes test is not until 29th of November 1974. And at the time, you were then uh, probably one of the leading batsmen in the world. You just scored more runs than anyone else in that test calendar year. A very different team, though. England had only got two players in the 1968 team playing in that team in 1974. Yeah. Just remind me where that was. Uh, Brisbane. Brisbane. Brisbane, yeah. So there's Alan Knott, Alan Knott and John Edridge were the only two players that played in your first Ashes Test match in 68. Yeah, that that was bruising, wasn't it, that series? Uh, Lillian Thompson. I mean, um, the build-up to that was, I mean, against Victoria and I, I think uh, South Australia, I got a couple of hundreds. Uh, so I, I felt in, in really good form. And then we went to Brisbane and we played Queensland in the, in, in the match prior to the Test match. And it had rained there a lot. And the wicket was quite not easy, uh, a bit up and down, and uh, um, water water got on it, um, and that was that, that sort of having got myself into a good frame of mind and playing really really well. Suddenly we were up against it, and the and, and the bowlers, uh, the Queensland bowlers, um, uh, did well against us. So we went into that Brisbane Test match with probably um, you know sort of confidence rocking a little bit. Uh, after that, uh, we're playing on the same wicket, uh, same ground. But the wicket was had a lot of bounce in it through, through the wetness. I can remember Clem Jones, the, the, the mayor, on his knees with a brush, brushing the mud out of, out of the grass and uh, making it to all the grass uh, mudless and, 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 and look clean. But the, the first ball from uh, from Tomo to, just took off of a length and went straight past my, past my nose. And that, and that scarred me. That scarred me for, for a long time because the next one hit me on the thumb and I got a single, I think, it lobbed over Gully's head. And then Dennis Lilly, the other end, hit me again, um, just balls bouncing from a good length. And, uh, you know, really sort of uh, unplayable, really. Um, but, you know, the people who got runs in that series was Greg at six foot five and Alan, not the shortest of players. They stayed leg side of the ball. And I always remember Arthur Milton saying to me, in Australia, you've got to stay leg side of the ball early on, especially the new ball, because it bounces so much. So if you can do that. But I tried that, and I just couldn't get back into the ball. So, And we played on pretty good flat wickets in the um, the Shield matches, in the two that I, I scored the runs. Um, and uh, I thought, well, these Aussie you know, wickets are, are pretty good. But, of course, Brisbane bounced so much, and uh, Lillian Thompson got amongst us. But uh, that was where Greggy baited Dennis Lilly a bit, and... Uh, with, you know, making quite. I think Greggy Greggy bounced him out as well. I, I remember he uh, bowled a bouncer at him and 
Dennis gloved it, ducked and gloved it, and it went up in the air, and Alan not ran up from uh, um, standing back and, uh, and and took the catch. And I can always remember Dennis said, "Don't." Greggy told him where to go, and, and Lily said, don't forget who started this, Greggy. <laughs> so when Fletcher and I were saying, to him, calm down, Greggy, calm down. <laughs> uh, but Dennis, Dennis was not uh, uh, happy with that. And, of course, when we went out to bat, I mean, the ball bounced all over the place. But Greggy got, Greggy got 100. And, uh, I mean, uh, I, I suppose having lived there, he, and he got to know the Aussies, and being a South African as well, he just socked it to them back, you know, all, all the uh, ad-lib and... Uh, uh, and having a real go at them. And, and Dennis was trying to bowl too quick, I can remember. He was try, try, trying to knock, knock Greggy's head off, as he said he, he, he would do. But verbally, he said, I'll knock your head off. And, and Greggy just kept baiting him and laughing at him. And every time <laughs> he smacked it before, he said, fetch that, that's four runs. Now, you can see, <laughs> see that on film. I mean, that, well, well, Fletcher and I were going, oh, no, Greggy. So it was, uh, yeah, that was, it was a bad start. You wanted to play them on. On a flat wicket, but they know where to play us in the first Test match at Brisbane. They always do, and it's uh, it can be a really difficult wicket to play at, especially against two bowlers like that, two very fast bowlers and strong. You had to be strong as well to do what they did. Um, so life was uh, didn't get off to a great start in that series. You did get ninety, your highest score in Ashes Tests on Boxing Day against the Aussies. Yeah. Do you regret, obviously regret, not scoring a century, test century against the Australians? Not half. Um, yeah, it was just, um, we were going to take, they were going to take the new ball and I thought, well, you know, Ashley managed, but I, I, I thought, well, I'll get my 100 first and then we'd take the new ball. But uh, um, I, I, I played, Ashley Malik kept me under pressure again, good, good, by, good, good bowling. And uh, I found that uh, every time he bowled the quicker ball, which, which always a little bit short of a length, I square cut with it. It kept going for one instead of going for four. They got somebody out there on the on the offside and just getting one, and they were coming very slowly towards a hundred. And I just got a bit uptight and played a rash shot, stupid shot that you uh, you never ever forget because I want, I just needed that hundred against the Aussies. That was the best position I was ever in to do it and should have done it. England took a battering in that series, losing the series four-one. What what were relations like off the field? They, they, they were difficult when you take in a battering like that. And of course, you in Australia, you go into the uh, fielding sides dressing room um, and, and, and and have a drink with them. And um, you know, it, it's not easy to go to Tomo or Lily and say, "How you doing, mate? Let's have a beer." You know, thanks for knocking seven bells out of me <laughs> today. Uh, so that was difficult. So he tended to go to the batters, and I was always going sit with Dougie Waters. Or Greg Chappell, I found that was was a, was pretty good. And uh, I mean, he was the one that said, "Yeah, Dent, you're up against it, mate. Uh, good luck," because uh, you know um, I, I'd hate to play against him. <laughs> Australia returned to England in 1975, the first World Cup year, where you scored the first uh, World Cup century, um, and you played the first two Tests against Australia in 1975. Yeah, uh, and and I remember that the first one was at Edgbaston, and we needed a flat wicket. Having come back from Australia, sort of uh, bombed out by Lillian Thompson, that we needed a flat wicket. And Edgbaston, you know, can be a, re- a really good wicket, but the the west- weather wasn't great, and and the, for some reason they decided we play on uncovered wickets, and uh, and of course it it rained, and we said to uh, 
the captain, you know, you must bat. We must bat. So so we get the best of the wicket. It's going to rain, uncovered wickets, you know. And somebody changed his mind for him. And, and uh, um, I, I won't name who it was, but it was the chairman of selectors. And said they thought there was a ginger green in there. We might we, we, we should bowl. But, of course, there wasn't. The Aussies got plenty, um, 300 or something like that. Um, and it didn't do as much as we thought it would. It rained, and we got on against Lillian Thompson on a wet one. That Gucci played in that, and he got a pair, didn't he, in that one? So, um, it, and it, the balls he got flew past him off a length that we'd been having in Australia a few months previous. Um, so we got, you know, suddenly, we, we felt as though we were back in Australia again on a wet wicket that flew everywhere. Um, and, of course, one or two of us got his as well. Oh, my gosh, it was just... Um, and had we have batted first, you know, we'd have, um, they, they weren't going to get the bounce out of an Edgbaston wicket like they get out of an Australian wicket. And on, on, a, on a better uh, paced wicket at first innings, because you, if you had to, you, if Tanger Green, you had to pitch it up to seam it, and they, they aren't pitching up, pitch up bowlers. They tend to bowl uh, back of a length um, and get the bounce. They're strong. So um, that was a, a, an awful start. And, uh, um, when did I play? I, I, I we lost by an innings, and then the next test you're playing at Lords. Lords with yeah. Tony Gregg's first game as captain. Yeah, and uh, well, I, I can't remember how how I got. I think li, li, I nicked I nicked a couple of both innings, didn't I? Um, and uh, yeah, and was was I, I was a bit down after that that Edgbaston Test match. You should pick yourself up, but uh, um, yeah, I. I I wasn't at my best at that stage, and um, yeah, I played some not very good shots. And had had the you mentioned it before the seventy four seventy five series in Australia had had left its mark on on yourself yeah. and several other players. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that Brisbane Test match did it for us. Yeah, um, but anyway, I mean, you know, Greggy and Notty, the, the, the long and, and short of it, got got runs and. They stayed leg leg side of the ball. It's interesting to, that um, that Steve Smith now is going back and across. And in Australia, you think you know all, all the blokes do, especially the openers. Red path. He leaves it, leaves it, leaves it, and stays leg side of the ball. I don't know how they get back into it. I always wanted to talk to Ian Redpath about it because he played you know those West Indian fast bowlers out in Australia with the bounce as well as anybody. You came back to play your last two Ashes tests in 1977 after a very successful for you tour of India and your double century at the Oval against uh, the West Indies. Um, You also played the centenary test against the Australians in March 77 where you scored 64. Yeah, and I was disappointed getting out then as well. Greg Chappell's always he got me LBW, I fell over a little bit. Sort of going up the ball, and uh, um, I don't know why, but I got got a bit tired or something in the heat. But um, um, I got LBW, and, and and I, you know, I should have gone and got 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 a hundred again um, because it was such a good wicket, and we got so close to them that um, uh, Greggy, I think, got runs again. Um, yes, that is uh, some Derek Randall with scored a hundred and seventy-four. Oh, yeah, of course he did. Yeah, yeah, he played so well and. Um, I was at the the other end for part of that. I shouldn't forget that because that was one of the greatest Test match innings. 
Uh, he played magnificently. Not an Ashes test, but you must have, there must have been a great sense of history in that game. Absolutely. Yeah. And all the old players came out, didn't they, to, to watch. And I, I remember having a, a, a drink with Ted Dexter uh, uh, one, of, one of the evenings. And uh, he said, yeah, don't worry about it. Get out and smash them. And he said, get out and hit them. <laughs> I, I think that, uh, um, yeah, uh, the signs of, of Brisbane 74, 75 was, was still upon me. Well, you played two tests in the summer of 1977 in England against the Australians. The first test uh, was was drawn. The second match, which was again at Old Trafford, so you began your Ashes career at Old Trafford and ended at Old Trafford. You you finished 28 not out and England won by nine wickets. Did you expect to get dropped? I can't. The, the first, so we played the first test match, didn't we? The first test was drawn. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that was at Lords, the first test. Definitely the J- oh. Jubilee test. Okay. Yeah. And then we went to Old Trafford. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they obviously thought that uh, I wasn't I wasn't playing that well, and I suppose my trap record against Australia counted against me. I think didn't they bring Boycott back? This or? is when Boycott came back in for the yeah. test at Trent Bridge. Yeah. yeah, and they fancied Boyks, I think, and Randall. Randall was got it got in the side then, hadn't he? That's right. Yeah. So so bringing Boyks back, and uh, um, I don't think that I'd probably played as confident as I should do in that twenty eight, and I think they thought that. Um, Australia got the sign over me, so uh, Boyks came back. We we spoke off air, but how do you reflect on your Ashes career? It's so different to your Test averages against. I'll read them out: India forty-one, New Zealand eighty-six, West Indies seventy, Pakistan fifty-five. Yeah, and and and, and uh, it was awful, wasn't it? I, I mean, we picked, we came okay. Uh, up against some great fast balls, but I think I think the way I played against Australia. Uh, and having got off to uh, a bad start against them, bagging a pair, I think that anybody could have rolled me over, I think. So, um, yeah, I, I was really disappointed, and it's one regret in my career that uh, I didn't uh, do well against Australia. I'd like to have had a, a period where, I, where I, I, I should have played well and got one or two hundreds and, uh, and therefore uh, balanced the books a bit, but I, but I didn't. And, uh, yeah, it's always been a, a regret of mine, and uh, uh, I was... I felt so much pressure every time I played against them, having started badly against them. Well, you, you averaged 15 against um, Australia. Uh, but in those 11 test matches, you played under five different captains. Uh, Colin Crowdery, Mike Dines, John Edridge uh, for one game, Tony Gregg and Mike Brearley. Yeah. Changing times, I suppose. That uh, um, Well, Kipper was coming towards the end of his career, I suppose. Uh, so that there were changes there. Um, I, I don't know what to what to say. <laughs> very di- some very different characters, though those those five captains. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and uh, it, I, I certainly wasn't the, 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 the captains that uh, I didn't do well, but um, um, more about their bowlers, I think, than, than anything else. But uh, yeah, I mean, I they were all, all good blokes, good captains, and uh, but. Um, um, the the Aussie test matches for me were very difficult. Our third guest in our Memories of the Ashes series is Kent swing bowler Richard Ellison. In this clip, Richard remembers the ball which dismissed Aussie skipper Alan Border 
at Edgbaston in 1985, the night when Richard ripped through their top order with a spell of five overs, three maidens, four wickets for two runs. The ball I got border out with, I was trying to go across him and keep going across him. But it actually kept going, went across him and then just held its line and nipped back and clipped the off stump. And and that that was the key wicket because he he was a a fantastic batsman, very resilient, tough to get out, um, and a great leader of that of that side. So um, that that was the key wicket, I believe. Remember, you can follow the Paddock and the Pavilion on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the Pad and Pav. Well, talking about difficult. Before I start talking to you about the much anticipated 2023 series i'm going to ask you some questions about your uh ashes test matches here so you've got six questions see it test your memory here so your first question in your first ashes test in 1968 who opened the australian bowling with graham mckenzie i've double checked all these so they're all right but... uh, i mean that's a difficult one because i wasn't there long enough to find out <laughs> <laughs> um alan Connolly. no it's neil hawk he's always remembered for being that 300 wicket for uh fred truman oh right okay yeah yeah right so that's go the on. first one right the second yeah. one we're, we're going to go to brisbane 74 and i would never have known the answer myself until i looked this up yeah so it's the brisbane 74 test england lost by 166 runs but who top scored for England in our second innings. We were all out for 166. Notty? No. I don't know what actually what not how many Alan Knott got, but our, you were you were third highest scorer with 25. Mike Dines got 27. And it is a tough answer, this one is. And the top scorer was Derek Underwood with 30. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was a tough question. I barely remember I barely remembers every one of those. <laughs> right. Uh, the next question. Um we've got an Australian this time. Who's who scored eighty on his test debut for Australia in the fourth test at Sydney in nineteen seventy five? McCosker. McCosker, yeah. I'm glad you got that one right, as he was our previous <laughs> guest on the programme. Yeah. yeah. Um next question. Who made his test debut for England in the 1975 Lords Test? That's Tony Gregg's first game as captain. Warmer. Bob Warmer, yeah. Before anyone corrects the quizmaster, Northamptonshire's David Steele also made his debut for England in the 1975 Lords Test and went on to score 365 runs during his three matches that summer. And your last question. You're not in a black chair, though. Uh, in your in your last Ashes Test, who opened England's bowling? My last Ashes Test, so that was 1977. 77, and that was at Old Trafford, wasn't it? Old Trafford, yeah. Oh God, um, I think Snow had gone by then, hadn't he? Peter Lever, somebody like that. Well, you got the right surname, but not the right. Uh, so it's uh, Peter. So it's John Lever. John, oh, right, John Lever. John Lever. Yeah. And the other bowler, you should get the other bowler. Why? <laughs> it's Bob Willis, the other one. Oh, you oh right. Get Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise Bob played. played. Yeah. yeah. 
Anyway, so let, let's talk about the look ahead to the this summer's action. How much are you looking forward to the Ashes this summer? Well, we've got the first test match at Edgbaston, haven't we? So uh, that's really exciting. I think the, the, the way England played during the, the winter uh, and, and all this basketball that they played and the talk about it, I think that's that's really good. And I, I like the way they, they play. Um, and if you can do it, yeah, that's great. They came unstuck in the, in the one test match where they tried to do it and they got bowled out. And the next test match, they got a similar situation. I think Stokes and Folks played through it and then went for it afterwards, which was brilliant. So they obviously learned from the previous test match that you can't do it all the time when maybe blokes are, uh, blokes are bowling really, really well and uh, um, life is difficult as a batter. So um, I just worried about the fast bowlers, and, and I suppose everybody else's, isn't it, at the moment, that uh, um, that we, we, we're not going to maybe have the firepower. It's always... I know in this country, uh, Anderson and, and Broad, if it's doing anything, will make life difficult for, for the Aussies. Uh, they're not used to playing that length of, that, that our bowlers bowl. And uh, if it's doing doing anything, they, they do struggle. So, I, I don't know. Uh, up until the news lately of the fast bowlers um, being unfit at the moment, I, I sort of backed back to England a bit because... If you can keep those Aussies out in the, in the field a little bit, they are in the twilight of their career. They're fast bowlers, aren't they? So, um, and I know that um, um, we've got um, Broad and Anderson. Whether they would, I doubted if they would play together, would they? I would have thought that so one at a time, keep them, keep them in cotton wool, and uh, bring them out one at a time. I would have thought. So, Robin Robinson sounds better news. I mean, he gets a bit of bounce. Um, I don't know. Smith hasn't been getting test match runs like he used to, but you know he's sort of in the twilight of his career, but still a very good player. Obviously, I just fancied us a little bit, you know. If but but Archer's not fit. Wood, if he's bowling well, well, he's he's, he's a handful. He's got really really good pace. And Chris um, Wokes, do you think he'll? He's still a good bowler in English English conditions. Yes, he is. Yeah, if it's doing a bit, yeah, Wokes is Wokes is. Uh, a handful, so uh, I don't know. I, I, I fancy us a bit, but um, um, depends, you know, how fitness goes and everything. But yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd fancy us. We've got the edge, especially as it's on home territory. And uh, uh, if we can have Anderson or Broad, one of them, fit for um, all those test matches, I think that uh, they can still bowl. They uh, brilliant how they've kept going and. Uh, uh, as long as they can keep their fitness, that they'll still make it talk when it when uh, when there's something that in in the atmosphere or in the wicket, uh, making life very difficult. As a, as an an ex England opener, what do you think to the England opening pair of uh, Zach Crawley and Ben Duckett? Yeah, I think Duckett's sort of come on a bit, hasn't he, as a, as, a, as an opener, and uh, that's good. I've always thought he was a white ball player, more of a white ball player, should I say, than uh, a red ball player. But um, uh, he surprised me. But they have played on pretty flat wickets um, uh, during last winter, and uh, they got up against they're up against really good fast bowlers. But you've got to give them a chance. And I, I, I like I like Crawley. I mean, he got that fantastic innings, didn't he, against the Pakistanis? He got two sixty two six seven, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he, he can play for me, um, but um, got to give him a chance. Give him a chance. Yeah, and let's let's see how they go. 
They'll, yeah. they'll certainly be rocking in the Eric Holly stand at Edgbaston on June the 16th, though. Yeah, I, I reckon so. Not half. And uh, we're lo- really looking forward to it. I think I, hopefully we get the weather and, um, you know, hope, hopefully both sides play good cricket. Obviously, we'd like England to win, but uh, I think the, the main thing is that um, it's it's a great spectacle. And I think with those two sides going head to head, it should be. And returning to your own Ashes career, you, you said you'll soon be coming into contact again with Jeff Thompson, but not from 22 yards. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> yes, Chris Cowdy's got us doing a little duo down in London in August. And uh, um, I look forward to that. He'll give me some sticky wool and uh, um, like it like he did when he bowled. <laughs> so, uh, how did you get in that match, Amos? <laughs> yeah, he'll give me some bad memories again. But anyway, yeah, I look forward to it. He's 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 quite a fun fun character these days, and uh, he's got some good lines. So uh, we'll have a laugh, hopefully. Well, you must have been. It's one of those stories that you always hear about. But just to end the podcast, uh, you must have been playing in the game. You probably weren't at the crease when Colin Cowdery greeted him in the uh, test match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great story, isn't it? Yeah, and. Uh, and that's where Lloydie got got hit in the solar plexus as well. Yeah, that, that's I missed that one. Um, I got my thumb broken the previous test match. But, um, yeah, great line. Thank you very much, Dennis, for sharing your I memories of the ashes. Yeah, yeah. It's giving me some more nightmares. I shan't sleep tonight again. <laughs> and which, be, which began, at, uh, began at Old Trafford and ended at Old Trafford. Oh, my gosh, yeah. What, 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 what a nightmare. <laughs> If anybody said, would you want your career again? I'd say, yes, please. Um, uh, And you're not allowed to alter anything. I'd say, yes, please. Well, on that note, thank you. Okay, Steve. All the best. Sports Social Podcast Network.